I want to welcome Noah and Paul to the podcast of In My Feels, Perfect episode title. number two. <laughs> so the premise of In My Feels is um, thoughts and feelings become things mm-hmm. uh, on every single level. So everything on the outside is created from the inside. Um, so you have the power, you have the choices, it's, it's you. So the question would be, uh, how do you guys feel at this moment? At this moment, I mean, I, to get real, like, I mean, that's why we're here, right? Yes. To get super deep. So, like, I mean, I struggle with, like, anxiety all mm-hmm. the time, nonstop, every day, all day, every day. Um, and that definitely causes depression. And basically, I, I know I'm, I go to therapy mm-hmm. once a week, twice a week on the phone as much as I can because I know that's all in my head. But I know I was also born into a family where a lot of light, a lot of eyes were on me as a kid, where they installed a lot of these feelings about myself, like all these negative feelings about myself into my brain. And that really, really, you know, hurt me mentally as a kid. And that Mm -hmm. gave me lots of anxieties and stuff. And so I I have this, I named it Susan and Susan who's talks (laughs) shit to me. Uh-huh. And I'm sometimes like in the like uh, on the airplane yesterday, I almost had to get off. I called my mom before I was taking off. I was like, I don't know if I can go on this airplane. I, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Everyone's looking at me. I, I'm afraid of somebody taking a picture of me and me looking at me not liking the photo. And I'm afraid it's like I get these insecurities of looking in the mirror and, and all of this stuff. And I know that's all my inner self talking mm-hmm. at me. And um all my worries are either past or future. They're none mm-hmm. of none of them are right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, a lot of my anxieties comes from what what's going to happen next or why didn't this happen? Mm-hmm. And like I think something that I want for myself is to like focus on what's happening right this very second. What am I what what am I to focus on right the second? How do mm-hmm. I live right now instead of worrying about what's going to happen later or focus on the shit that's happened to me before you know mm-hmm. so that's that's what i'm going through and that's how i'm feeling like all day to be straight up mm-hmm. so yeah that's what's up honestly that's me i've been there too so yeah. i understand it i really have you know i didn't get into the stuff that i'm into because things were going so well and actually when i was about 25 i hit a real wall i had this list of things that i had to have achieved in the world that i thought would make me okay and it was It was kind of a hot list and I wasn't okay. And that's actually when I began to look for something more. And, you know, sometimes the asking for that is the key to receiving it. You know, the guides that I work with are very positive voice. I used to have what they used to call a committee that was just so negative, nonstop self-recrimination. And, you know, somebody told me at that time, and I might've been a couple of years older than you, they said, you know, Paul, you know, as, as dark as you've been, that's how much light you can hold. And I held on to that for a long time because I thought, well, maybe. But for me, the understanding that there was something more, perhaps there was something more that I could know or that didn't know me already, you know, that wasn't that shaming, frightening voice is what allowed me to go on this other journey. And the voice that comes through me now is really loving. You know, I still have the others, but I understand them now in a different way. And I understand that that's not who I really am. You know, that's Mm -hmm. an aspect of me. That's a personality structure. Those are ways of knowing myself. Yeah. 
but who I am maybe, you know, kind of far beyond that. And if that's true for me, that has to be true for you. It has to be true for everybody. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I think, that, you know, who are we? I think once you really dive into who we actually are and really peel back the layers of who we are and really focus on who we are and not essentially other people's opinions of who we're supposed to be, I think then you'll start unraveling and you'll start being okay with actually who you are. And I think yeah. the whole, you know, the, the power of now, the books and all those type of things really teach you, you know, if you're, if, if you're focused in the past, it means you have to address issues essentially from your past for you to step forward. And then if we worry about the future, then we essentially worry about it twice. Once when we manifest it, but well, well now because we're feeling it. And I then love you, Lou. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just looking at you and I love you so much, bro. I love best. you too. You're the best this is why we're here. Ever. This is why we're here. Cause you know, we want to bring, cause you're such a creative person. So these emotions you're feeling are quite natural. Because yeah. you, you wear your, your heart on your sleeve. You're very loving. You're very emotional. You're very, yeah. you know, that's who you are. Yeah. Essentially. So, and again, when you live in the future, we don't have the future. It doesn't right. exist. Essentially, factually, it doesn't exist. We don't have 10 seconds from now. Right. So how can we actually worry about things that don't, haven't happened? And I think right. once you start re, you know, retraining your mind and your brain to kind of conceive these notions you'll start to progress and we'll start looking forward to the now, which will in turn bring more great things in the future. So oh, if the now is good, the future is going to be good too. Yeah. Essentially, that's kind of how, how I've been living over the last few years. Lab and, and I just had this same conversation. Yeah. He was the one, Labyrinth, he's a producer that I work with oh. a lot of, and he's like my big Incredible brother. Incredible musician. But I, I was going on this audition for a really big movie and I was so scared and I and I called him crying and I said lab like I'm so scared and he was like uh I I just read this or did this amazing audiobook you know you have to listen to it it's all about how you only worry about if you sit and think about what you're worrying about it's either past or future yeah you got it you got to live now and you got to live now and like he he was like I I accept who I am. I, am I an incredible artist? Mm -hmm. I don't, I tell myself I'm not, but Noah, you tell me that I am. And those are my thoughts yeah. getting at me. And he mm -hmm. was just doing, he was just, it's hard. It's hard to explain exactly. It just, it clicked so much for yep. me there. That's when I realized like, all it is true. All my anxieties is from for future or past or whatever. Yep. And like, that's just something I'm working on. Absolutely. Like, can't wait to read this book because, <laughs> and no one's ever like me. I never want to read. And Lou has actually made yeah. me like, I'm like, please give me this book so I can learn how to make my mind not insane right now. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to be able to talk to you about this. And like, I'm excited to read your book. Thanks. I'm glad to be here with you. Thank you. So the book we're talking about is, uh, beyond the known realization, which is an amazing book. Um, super full of awareness and teachings of how to kind of keep you in the now and stop worrying about essentially the past and the future and really diving into who we actually are. Um, and you said your, the, the name for your kind of inner voice is Susie. Susan. Yeah. Susan. She, that sounds like my, someone who would have an, <laughs> my acting coach actually taught me that because I was really nervous. I thought for was going to say your acting coach's name is Susie. No, no, no. She, <laughs> she taught me. She said, this is what I do for my actors is like, they everybody has an inner voice yeah. like telling them bs you yeah. know 
So she's like, Noah, while you go in this audition, I need you to name your girl right now. Who's this person yeah. in your head? And I was like, I don't know. Fucking Susan. I don't yeah. know. So we, she was like, all right, you tell her to go away yep. and do her thing while you go in and do this audition because your vocal cords are going to freeze up and yeah. you're not going to be able to sing for this audition. Yep. And your mind's going to go all crazy and you're not going to remember the, so tell her to get out of here yeah. and go. So like, that's totally like working on like my inner self and like, you, you know what I've done too? I've separated my inner voice from myself. And I was explaining to Paul before, before we came on the podcast, um, you know, when you separate it essentially and you give it, like you put it in a person and you have that person follow you around all day, what are you going to do with that person? You're going to get rid of them. I feel you. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we have to do. But see, we work on ourselves so minuscule in terms of what we actually do on a daily basis. And I feel like now I'm on, I'm operating on a level because I used to feel, I used to feel my head was too heavy for my body. I used to have so much anxiety, so much stress, all these things. And then me, I looked me, in the mirror yeah. and I was like, enough. Yeah. It was me doing it to me. Yeah. Right. And then to be honest, it was um, Tony Robbins who, who, who said for 10 minutes a day, look in the mirror and smile. Lip, that's oh, all you no, gotta I do. Dri I drive myself crazy. Well, that's I, I, like that's what that's like an issue right now. It's like I right? couldn't do that. Absolutely. So what I would do is I'd look in the mirror and smile, and I'd be like, "This is the dumbest shit <laughs> yeah. I have ever done in my life." But yeah. that's the point: is you're not supposed to take yourself too seriously. And then you start learning. You start, wow, this is I'm not taking myself too seriously. And you start learning every day, even if you do ten to fifteen minutes of that per day, the needle will start to turn, and then yeah. you'll start noticing more positive things about yourself not the resistant things about yourself yeah for sure i also think i think also with me when i have a lot of downtime mm -hmm. is when my mind yeah. starts to spin a little bit mm -hmm. I, I i have a single coming out um is it tomorrow tomorrow night what, basically what, when's july 5th there we go so it's basically tomorrow night right yep. so i went and i did this promo in New York and, mm -hmm. and I was busy and I was doing, and I was like, okay, I feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when I'm sitting around, I just, I spin and I let mm -hmm. my mind go in all yeah. these crazy places. How, when I'm alone, can I, can I kind of get rid of those voices and mm -hmm. like not let my anxiety take over? Cause it's like, when I'm alone, I find myself either on FaceTime with a friend mm -hmm. or needing to leave my house because I don't want to be alone with my head because mm -hmm. it'll just drive me insane. Mm -hmm. So what's like a good way if I'm in that position to kind of like refocus myself and like feel more comfortable alone and be able mm -hmm. to like just sit at home and like mm -hmm. be chill and not drive myself insane? <laughs> there's, there's two ways I can do this. I can sort of tell you what the guides say to everybody you know, about one of the ways that we can sort of reclaim a sense of our true identity because the true identity, what the guides call the true self, isn't afraid. There's an aspect of you, of me, of, of everybody that's not afraid and doesn't need to care what other people think or how it goes tomorrow or what happened yesterday. The guides call that the true self. And aligning to the true self and actually beginning to express at that level is the core of all their teachings. They say it can be done. And I don't think, you know, they've delivered all these books at this point that are all about how we can begin to hold that. So they do these things through attunements and they do them through 
language. So if you've ever heard of people taking Reiki or things like that, there's somebody who attunes you to be able to run an energy. Mm -hmm. The guides I work with do this through, through speech. And they say the speech is encoded with vibration. And so I'll tell you one of them that they work with, but I'm going to ask you to repeat them after me. Okay. Okay. So you can, and you can both do this if you Absolutely. want. Absolutely. So here's can one of the attunements. Let's sure. do it. <laughs> so let's say, I know who I am in truth. I know who I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I know how I serve in truth. I know how I serve in truth. I am free. 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 Yes. I feel it. See, my mantra is, is, um, is I know who I am. I know what I am. I know how I serve. I am here. I am here. I am here. Because whenever I feel, which is your previous book, yeah. Uh, whenever I feel I'm losing myself kind of in the past or the future, I, that kind of brings me back to the now. Yeah, the, this, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Now, I should, I'll explain the attunements because when they're, they're using language in a funny way. So when I say I know who I am in truth, I'm not saying my name is Paul. I live in New York City. This is how old I am. This is what I do. This none of that stuff. It's the part of me or the part of you that exists beyond that frame, that idea of who we are, who we're supposed mm-hmm. to be. So that's the aspect of you that knows already. And so if you say those words, you're saying it as the true self. Yep. So I know who is identity. I know what I am is the manifestation of that. The manifestation of the true self or the divine self, whatever you want to call it, the who and the what that you are and how you express as your true self, which is unique to you, is how you serve. The true self as you in expression is your gift to the world. And at that level, it's not really about proving anything. And the guides say you can only know anything in the present moment. You can't know yesterday. You're not going to know tomorrow, but you can know now. Mm -hmm. So if you bring yourself into the present moment, you can move to your knowing. Now, here's the trippy thing. When I'm in my knowing, I'm not afraid. I'm always afraid about what can happen. I'm really good at that. I'm probably as good as you are. I've just (laughs) been doing it longer so I can sort of manage it differently, but I'm really good at that. And I'm very good at worrying about what happened yesterday and what could happen. But in both those cases, I'm not present. Mm -hmm. So the claim they say, I know who I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I know how I serve in truth will call us back into present time, which is, they say, the only time that we can know. Yeah. And so from that place, and if you think about it and just think about like anytime you knew something like, I knew the relationship was over. I knew I got the job. I knew it was going to be a great day. Every time you truly know something, you probably weren't afraid because knowing and fear don't coexist. It's like knowing the relationship over isn't frightened, but am I going to get somebody else or am I going to be happy again? That's where we go, which is off into the future again. That just hit too close to home. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Is is um is a true representation of that kind of I am I am here I'm the, the truth is that represented in children? Because I feel like when I watch children and the way they behave and they certainly live all yeah. of that to a T up to a certain point in age. Yeah, they do, and I think you know we're taught. I mean, I think well, first of all, we incarnate, we come into form yep. in this field that's all about fear. Mm-hmm. You know, the guides say everything exists in octaves. You know, and we're in a shared collective octave that we're all contributing to through our thoughts and what we've grown up believing, you know, and what we're taught to value. But they say there's another octave beyond that, which is where they're trying to bring us to, which is a higher state of awareness. 
So the kids, I mean, you're born into this dense plane, but truthfully, we're taught how to be afraid. Yeah. And sometimes I think some of us come in with a harder time. And that means sometimes that we've got some big lessons to learn and maybe some great things, you know, to contribute yep. as a result of having moved through them. The challenge for me has always been not over identifying with the pain so that I don't become the pain or my idea of who I am isn't the pain because I'm good at that too. Me too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Very I mean, good I get that. it. So, you know, who you are in essence isn't those things. And at some point we go into these agreements about who we should be. This is who we should be, or this is what it's going to mean to be, how to get my needs met in the world. The guide said we all operate with these frames. They say, you know, we walk around with these frames and say the frame is, I'm never going to be good enough, right? Mm -hmm. That's the frame. And so we're always calling that into being. Yep. That's all, and that's manifestation. We're always agreeing to that. Now, the yeah. guides say everything in your life, we're in agreement to. Yeah. You know, when, when you agree with something, you're shaking hands with it. So does that mean you attract more situations to make you feel that exact exactly, way? Exactly, because we're always getting to be right. Yep. See, that means I'm right. It really sucked. Yep. I'm right. It's always going to suck. I'm right. You see, yep. it always sucked. Yeah. And then I'm always right. Yeah. yeah. So the idea of moving beyond that seems to be how we can do this. And I actually know that it can be done. Yeah. That's the good news. It definitely know? can be done. You know me, Noah. I know. I'm you. positive as shit. I know. And you know, I, <laughs> I was calling Lou before that audition, like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't even go. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna get it. Like I, that mm -hmm. and my manager yelled at me and was like, what? He's laughing because he knows the truth. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Noah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do it if you're telling yourself you can't do it. And mm -hmm. and it's just that's 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 just like who I am. I'm my yeah. biggest enemy. And like, I'll get in the way of myself so much. And, it, yeah. And, yeah. It, and, and you tell me that all the time. You're like, you, you, I mean, if you didn't, like it's, it's the resistance thing. You see, we're raised to be, con we're conditioned mm -hmm. for fear. So when we're conditioned for fear, for example, if we were raised positive, so positive and one negative thing came in, we'd brush it off so easily. Mm -hmm. But because so many, we have to break it down to so many different levels. Appreciation, as I was telling Paul before, like we have water. We have clothes, we have houses, we have warm beds, we have, if you really break down those levels, you're like, wow, my life is actually pretty damn good Yeah, compared to most, compared mm -hmm. to a ton totally. of people. And once you start realizing that, when the more good things come in, you know, you appreciate it so much more. So then when a bad thing comes in, you can, you can react to it a lot different. You can take a step back and go, well, it's actually not that bad. And I think that's the conditioning that you have to turn the needle point because we're, we're it's like negative, 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 and then maybe one positive, mm -hmm. negative, negative, couple positive. But now I've, I'm kind of like positive, 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 maybe one or two negatives, but my reaction to it is a lot different now. And I think mm -hmm. it's just awareness of, you know, the way yeah. you digest information to you and realizing, you know, it's the same thing as when we do music. I, I used to get so stressed about music and artists and all these type of things, but I was like, we're making music we love. We're the creators of all these amazing things. And it's actually not that deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Literally. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, Paul, so it says uh, in 1987, it left, uh, you, an experience left mm. you clairvoyant. What was mm. that experience? Well, you know, I was about, gosh, I, I was out, fresh out of grad school. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I was a Yale and I had, you know, all this stuff going on in my life that looked really great. And I, I wasn't happy and I was behaving in very self-destructive ways. You know, I was a hard partying kid. Yeah. 
And um, I'd, I'd basically started seeking out a, a spiritual life out of necessity. It sort of wasn't anything that I grew up believing in. I was raised an atheist. But in 87, there was this thing happening. People were calling it the harmonic convergence. And I was, you know, I heard people were going to be waking up. So because I hadn't ever believed in anything, and I thought, well, if there is a God or what you want to call God, you know, and you ask to be woken up, why would it want to say no? Mm -hmm. It just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So I went up to the roof of this building that I was living in. Somebody had given me a crystal and a mantra and I thought <laughs> you needed the props, you know, but I went up there with great expectation that that could happen. Wow. And I, I had an experience and I, I always say I might've been hyperventilating, you know, I, I, I don't know what it was, you know, it turned out it was a Kundalini mantra. I didn't know what Kundalini was. Yeah. People later said it sounded like you had a Kundalini awakening. Wow. An experience of energy just moving up and up and up through the top of my, you know, through, through my body, out through the top of my head and yep. sort of left me frozen there on the roof. And then I started seeing little lights around people like fireflies, you know, started going off. And, you know, for somebody like me who hadn't believed in anything and had a hard time, you know, most of his childhood, most of his life, the fact that I was now getting evidence that there was more was a really big deal. You know, I couldn't refute it. So that was the beginning of, of this whole path that I'm on. I later studied a form of energy healing. Wow. Um, you know, I was a college teacher. This is what I was doing, you know, from, from my life. But it was the height of the AIDS epidemic. People were dying in New York and I was volunteering at a center. And I found that I had my hands on people's bodies. I could hear things for them. So if I had my hand on your chest and I heard the name Philip, I learned to say, who's Philip? And you might say, that's my boyfriend, that's my father. And all this energy would move. And as I began to hear more and more, I began to trust. And that became the channeling that I do. So what I really do with the guides in these books is I take dictation. Mm -hmm. The books are just the transcriptions of what the guides are saying. I don't edit it. They're all done now in front of audiences that yep. take days. And then what I also do is I tune into people and I, I can feel what it's like to be them. So I can tune into you and feel what it's like to, to be you and maybe hear from you or from an, a part of you what you're needing or where you get stuck yeah. or the people in your lives. So I do a lot of that with people as well. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. I don't know. I mean, it's odd, you know, yeah. I'm like a switchboard yeah. is really kind of, or, you know, or a radio. That's a better metaphor. Like I'm a radio. So when I'm tuned to the station, it's my guides. These teachings are coming through. And if I tune into you, you're the station that I can play because we're really not all that separate. Yeah. We just think we are, you are, know. Are the guides always there? I mean, can Pretty they tune much. into everything you're doing on a daily basis? You know, they don't inter they don't interrupt. They don't that we have free will. Like yep. I always say, if I want to walk into traffic, they'll let me. Yep. But if I say, is this a good time to cross the street? They might say not wise, you wow. know, because if I want to get, get hit by a car, that's up to me. You yep. know, they're not going to take away my lessons. But, you know, they're very big on a few things. And one of the things that helps me a lot is, um, you know, they say the action of fear is to claim more fear. They say, look at every choice you've made because you were afraid and see what it got you and probably it got you more fear. Yeah. So I'm always empowering fear, you know, by doing that. So they're really helpful with me on a daily basis about that yep. because that they come in the moment and they only give me instruction in the moment. They're not going to tell me, just wait for two weeks, you're going to meet the love of your life. I'd love it if they would, but they've never done that. <laughs> but they might say, you know, Paul, it might be a good time to to leave the house because you've been sitting in your crap for the last two days and yeah. it's time to get some sun, you know, but only if I say, is this a good time to leave the house? Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. So, so who, who are the guides and, and why, yeah. why are they here? They're teachers. I mean, yeah. they call themselves teachers. 
you know, in the first book, which was called I Am the Word, which they dictated now 10 years ago exactly. Wow. They used, they said, you know, we're teachers. They used the term ascended masters, which I don't like, and they've never really said it again because I think <laughs> I have resistance to that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and in some ways what they're really here to do is to show us who we truly are. One of the, their favorite definitions of themselves, and they've given a few, they say is we're who you become when you know who you truly are, Wow, which is the true self, yeah. the true self. There's a lot of names for the true self. They say the universal self, they call it the Christ itself, which means, and their definition of, of that is the aspect of the creator, whatever you want to call it, that can be realized in material form, the seed of source that we're all of. Mm -hmm. And the name that they use when they use a name, and once in a while they do, they'll use the name Melchizedek, which is an old name. Yep. And it's a priesthood. And yep. that's about as much as I know. Wow. So when you say you like will touch in contact with mm -hmm. other people and yeah. you get like a spirit from their side is that like what does that mean like communication it, with? it's what i'm hearing when i tune into like if i were to tune into you i could hear you at a level of personality probably which is who you think you are or you know who you think you are anybody but also i can often get to a part of you that exists above that which might have some of the answers about how to move through some of the stuff that we get stuck in because there's a part of you that does know, and I can't always hear it for myself. Yeah. I actually have people that I go to who do similar things because when I'm invested in an outcome, you know, I'm not always the best reader for yeah. me, but I can be neutral to somebody else. So it doesn't really involve touch. That's how it started. It really, I can do this with people that are on the other side of the world. I used to think that I was traveling like at the speed of light across the world. And then a physicist um, told me, no, you're, you're, you're going inside. There are other... There are other ways through. There are portals. There are other ways. It's, it's, there are dimensions, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's not a word that I'm comfortable with yeah. um, or that the guides use. But, you know, and if I can do this stuff, that means it can be done. You know, I really don't think I'm that special. Yeah. I think perhaps I'm here to give some people permission that can do these things that didn't know that they could. Yeah. Do you, do you think you being on the roof and the actual, did you believe in fact that something was going to happen? I had faith in that moment, and yeah. it was the faith of, frankly, a child. I yeah. mean, you know, the good news is nobody told me it couldn't happen. Yeah. You know, and nobody told me that, you know, I, you know, if there was something like a God, I was sinful and wouldn't be allowed. I mean, re organized religion would have, but my sense of if there is this thing, if whatever you want to call it, if there is this thing, why would it say no? Yeah. And that was a big door. You know, the guides I work with say nothing can be claimed until it's first a possibility. Yep. If I don't believe I can be happy, I'm not going to claim happiness. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's the key. You know. Wow. So could you actually could channel Noah and help her with? What? I don't know. You know, yeah. I can I can tune in and see what I get. Yeah. You know, I always have to say to people, you know, I mean, I'm just this guy who hears things. I was I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. People <laughs> say, tell me, what do I do about yeah. this, yeah. this? You know, this <laughs> scar, this. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> But I can tune in. Okay. okay. So when I, I may ask you to speak your whole name slowly and clearly for me. That's just how I step in. Give me one sec. Okay. Noah Lindsay Cyrus. You come through like this. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. I don't, that's almost how it feels. And that's the fear. The fear is all at the solar plexus, by the way. I don't know anymore. And then the fear of nobody's going to tell me what to do. 
And then I have to keep grabbing to get that because I don't think I'm going to be supported. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. This is how you grew up, I have to say, because you're looking up. And that's looking up always means to parents. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. It's like I'm going to have to figure it out myself. And if I'm wrong, it's all going to come tumbling down on my head. Mm -hmm. So this is how I feel you. And this is this is you like at four years old. So this is old stuff. This is old stuff. So let me see what we do. I'm going to see if I can hear you at a higher level. First thing I hear in your voice is, I don't know if I'm allowed to be myself without people's approval. And you're asking that as a question. Is that so? Yes. Well, the simple answer is yes. It really doesn't matter what people think. Now, when I say that to that part of you, your jaw drops like what? It really doesn't. So let me see what you need. The fundamental issue I think that you've been dealing with is I, I hear you don't know that you're allowed that you're allowed to be here. You just don't know that you're allowed to be here. And the answer from my guides is why wouldn't you? You're here. Mm -hmm. you, of course you have a right to be here just, just as you are. And nobody's going to make you different. It doesn't take anything away from you. You have a right to be here just as you are. And it doesn't matter what you do or how you appear or what people say. You still have a right to be here. And when, when you go to that, the core of you, this part of you that sort of holds identity, you actually kind of relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now, the funny thing with you is, it's sort of a new idea because I, and they're nodding when I nod. That's like, yep. So if I've been living my whole life as if I wasn't really allowed to be here, you know, I'm having to find out that I am or get, imagine going from going, showing up at a party that you never felt you were invited to. And you still don't know that you've been invited to, even though you've been at the party for 19 years, you know, you were invited to the party. You couldn't be here without the invitation. You know, and truthfully, there's nothing any of us have to do ever, ever, ever to justify being at the party. That's a load of shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm allowed to be here if makes being alive contingent on something outside ourselves. And it's just not true. I hear for you that she they're saying she has much more ahead of her with much more joy. And they're talking about it as foundational joy, foundational to who you are. And the energy here is basically, and forgive the language, is fuck everybody. I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Anyway, how about that? And it's not in defiance of them. It's an awareness that you're here. And in some ways, the idea of it doesn't matter what you do doesn't have to mean I have to be in defiance of things. It means it just doesn't matter, you know? you got to give yourself permission to be. That's the permission you're missing. And it's from you, truthfully. Everybody else can tell you that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the funny thing is, this is what the guides say, and it's helped me a lot. They say what is true is always true. And the true thing is you have a right to be. You were born. You have a right to be. That's yours. No, it's not about anybody else. Do you understand this at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel you. You're about to make me cry, but I feel you. <laughs> wow, yeah. that was amazing. Super powerful yeah, stuff. Totally. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Huh? 
<laughs> feelings in my feels. In my feels. Uh, this is what we hate, in Noah. my feels, everybody. Um, well, thank you. Sure. Does that you, resonate, you Noah? Know, no, yeah, I yeah. needed that. I'm like not good at talking about things like yeah. that, but like I really needed that. So thank that's you. amazing. Like I'm that, like you literally completely read my mind. Like that is every feeling and emotion that I have been feeling for yeah. since I actually went to therapy yesterday and I told her that she said, when was the last time that you felt happy and not so And I said, it had to have been three or four years yeah. old because I don't remember the last time I felt that way. So mm -hmm. when you said that my like heart dropped because yeah. like literally yeah. I feel like my whole life has been like this jittery ball of negativeness energy trying to figure out what am I doing here? Well, who am I trying to like, because I had all everybody looking down on me like, this is who she is. This is her identity is somebody's sister. This is, and I, and I never got to be me ever. Mm -hmm. So I think like my inner struggle is fuck, please let me be Noah fucking Cyrus for two fucking seconds. And like, yeah. I've never known how to be Noah fucking Cyrus and no one's allowed me to be Noah fucking Cyrus. And like, that's what, what is like my inner struggle. And I think is just something that I've dealt with my whole life, whether it was Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter or Miley Cyrus's sister. Like I just, I didn't want that. Like mm -hmm. I, I never got to be like, nope, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. It was always, this is who you are. And, and right now, like, and also hearing you talk to me, it's just like, I want to get to the place where it's like, I am Noah fucking Cyrus. And like, mm -hmm. you can't tell me otherwise. And like, that's like this shell that I'm trying mm -hmm. to break through. Mm -hmm. That's kept me like, literally since I was a child, I've been surrounded by that since I was born. Yeah. So it was very hard to grow up with an identity. And mm -hmm. so like, I feel like my whole life I've been struggling to find this identity. And I think that's what you and I talk about yep. a lot is like, I just feel so lost sometimes yep. and I'll call you and I'm so scared that my voice isn't good enough. Yep. Like Lou, I can't sing anymore. I need it. No, you can sing. It, it's all this, just me struggling because I just don't believe, like I've never been able to, I wasn't taught to believe yep. in myself because I grew up People my age grew up in a really shitty way to grow up with yeah. with phones and, and internet. And mm -hmm. especially when you grow up with a family who's broadcasted all over the world. I didn't ask for that. Yeah. Am I am I mad at it? Am I lucky? Am I am I uh, so grateful for the life I have? I thank God every day. Yep. But at the same time, I didn't ask for it. So I, I didn't ask to not be able to go to a high school prom. I yep. didn't ask to not be able to go to mall with my friends or like I would go into a restaurant and someone would come up to me and say, are you Hannah Montana's sister? And I would say no. Yeah. Because that literally felt like I was being stripped of all bits of identity I had. Mm -hmm. And so now like, as I'm like coming into my own and I'm an adult and I'm putting my own music out and I'm becoming this artist, like I just want to get to the mindset of like, I'm Noah fucking Cyrus. I'm mm -hmm. not somebody's sister. I'm not someone's daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm my own person. Yeah. And and I struggle to find that identity. And what you just said to me helped me so much. I'm glad. Thank you so much. Well, see, see, when you were explaining that to me, you had so much conviction. Mm -hmm. yeah. I believe I believe you. Yeah. So much. Yeah. So now this is what we do. We progress on this exact thing and we keep it moving. We keep moving. We keep it moving for you. Yeah. Not for anyone else. <laughs> yeah bro um let's talk about dreams what does everyone dream about 
because I'm so intrigued by, you know, people, artists come to me like, I've always been, a, it's always been a dream of mine to be an artist. And I'm like, so you physically dream about you singing on stage. And no. I mean, I've had dreams about careers. I mean, I have visions about careers, but I don't necessarily have a dream about it. I don't have good dreams. <laughs> I, I'm telling you that. I have, I have reoccurring dreams that oh, are really? fucking terrifying. And I have really bad sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. And that's super recent, like past two months. And that's also due to anxiety, correct? Is that right? I don't know. You no, know. does no one know? It's the scariest <laughs> shit in the whole world because yeah. I'm fucking waking up and my eyes are blurry yeah. and I can't fucking talk and I can't move and I can see the room, but it's blurry and it's so scary. But I have this dream, right? Yeah. And um, it's fucking, it, it, I mean, like it, the, the location changes, but the story is always the same in this dream is somebody, this is really dark, somebody's trying to get me. I don't mm -hmm. know who it is or mm -hmm. whatever, but I'm always going up to people or I'm trapped in a house and I'm mm -hmm. like, he's trying to kill me, he's trying to kill me, like help. And they don't believe me mm -hmm. and they don't see the person. And then I'll like turn the corner and I'll be like, look, help, he's trying to get me, he's trying mm -hmm. to get me. And then I'll like be trapped and going in circles in this house. And this has been like a reoccurring dream. It's always in a different setting, but like I'll wake up panicking mm -hmm. because I'm like trying. And it used yeah. to be, the dream would be in my old house in Nashville. That's where I would always wake up. But now it's kind of like random places that I don't remember. But it's always like someone's trying to get me. Like someone's trying to kill me. Yeah. Like, don't you see? Like, like can't you see them? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, no, we can't. We, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't believe you or whatever. Or they'll like set me up. And then like right before I'm about to die, I wake up. Wow. And it's like the scariest dream ever. But I get that probably like once every couple months. Yeah. But I like... I'm really good with my dreams. I tell myself while I'm dreaming, like, yo, chill, you're mm -hmm. dreaming, and I can wake myself up. Uh -huh. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I don't know, that's kind of cool. And with the sleep paralysis, I can wake myself up. Mm -hmm. But I get scared to fucking death because they're scary <laughs> as shit. Like, and I, I feel like that's all anxiety, like feeling like nobody listens to me. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like me maybe reaching out for somebody to like, help me because someone's chasing me or whatever. That might be my anxieties, like asking for help from people and feeling like people aren't listening to me. Absolutely. Because I think, I think for a long time being young and in the music business, mm -hmm. not you, Lou, but I think <laughs> older men who, who are in charge of your career, yeah. they tend to not want to listen to you. But they're not in charge of your career. But they're not in charge you of your career. I mean, I yeah. am. And, and, and whenever I feel like not just men, people in the music industry, yeah. even in my sessions or anything like that, I feel like people weren't listening to yeah. me. And I feel like I really grew up and grew a pair of balls. Sorry to talk yeah. like that, but like, I really had to grow up and like, be like, fucking listen to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, and I felt like whenever I would tell people that I was depressed or I did have anxiety that they didn't take me seriously. Yeah. And I think I really was like trying to get people to listen to me. And I think that's where those dreams stem yeah. from because I feel like now that I have more control, I, ha I haven't had that dream recently. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember my good dreams, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, um, I can't wake myself up. And I do think that stems from like feeling like people didn't listen to me mm -hmm. and didn't really care what I had to say. Like, help me, help me. Yeah. And they're like, I don't see nothing. You're lying to me. Like, I think I felt like I had a little bit of lack of control in yeah. my life. Paul, what, what does your guide say on like dreams and messages? Are they mess are they true messages or are they representation of how your day went or how your life's going or 
They don't talk much about it, truthfully. Yeah. They don't talk a lot about dreams. I mean, I know what I believe is yeah. sometimes we have these astral dreams where we're working things out. Yeah. And those are the dreams that I tend to wake up from feeling tired. Yeah. They're usually technicolor and they're usually, there's a lot of talk usually happening in them. I can be taught in those dreams yeah. and they can be effective. And other times I'm just, you know, releasing all the fear of the day and I'm working stuff through. I mean, the dream that you described is about some of the stuff that we were talking about before, which is sort of, I don't have a right to be here. And if you don't have a right to be here, nobody hears you, you know? And, you know, I have my own versions. I used to have a dream of all these kids, you know, trying to break down the front door, just banging on the door. And I was always trying to keep the door shut. And finally, eventually they would break in. And what those were, those were my fears, sort of demanding to be seen, you know, and I was so busy trying to keep the fear away as opposed to facing what they mm -hmm. were. And now when I have it, I go, okay, there's some stuff, you know, and maybe, I don't know, cause I don't do dream work, but I mean, maybe the thing is to stop running and yeah. seeing what that thing is, is facing you, you know, chasing, you doesn't have any real power yeah. at all. It's just an idea. You Wait, know? question. So when you talk to guides, uh -huh. are you able to talk to like spirits or do you believe do you believe in that are you able mm -hmm. to talk to like people who pass or I'm have you ever yeah. had that yeah, experience yeah. yeah but you see i'm i work with these guides that are teachers so they're there seem to be a little bit at a different level like if you think of, of different octaves you know of music and the guides say every everything can be played in a higher octave into infinity mm -hmm. so consciousness exists beyond what we know it in higher ways so the guides that I'm hearing that come through and teach are coming from a certain level, and that's how my radio is tuned. And then when I'm doing things like I did with you, um, I'm tuned into you in that broadcast. So they call me a medium for the living. Okay. So one of the things people come to me for is, you know, I'm having issues with my boss, or I'm having issues with a contractor, I'm having issues with my kid, and I can tune into everybody and often sort of broker mm -hmm. a conversation. Now, if you had, say you had an aunt that was really awful to you and she's on the other side mm. um, and I tune into your aunt, I'll get her as she was when she was here because time doesn't really exist. And I sometimes start to look like them and you know, this, this, it's an odd thing that happens, but I can, I'll do that work if it's going to help somebody in sort of moving yeah. what was created through that relationship that's not serving someone. So wow. talking to me or Lou, like would mm -hmm. any come in for like me or Lou like I wouldn't do I don't that? they don't know not the dead folks that show up around you your guides that's probably not what I would get but I would get um I mean if you want to go into you know the family stuff we can tune into the family stuff and find Oof, out what that, that stuff is deep. about <laughs> we don't have to do it we can we're do it on air time. folks we'll do that in private yeah we're on we're on air mm -hmm. mama <laughs> and not, papa would not approve um, no we're on air we'll do that once we cut off the off the mic uh, so no, do, I so that's the it. difference of what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Could you uh, tune into our guides, or do you, uh, uh, us uh, together? No, I said not in terms of oh. in terms of do you, like do we individually all have guides? Too? Yeah, I think we do, but that's not really what I do. So yeah. I, if if I'm tuned into you, yeah. and I start getting information about you, yep, it may be coming from an aspect of you. It may be coming from your guides talking to my guides. Yep, and that's it. But you know, it's kind of it's this weird thing. Like I don't just talk to anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. And I was, you know, I'm not a trained medium at all, but, you know, like my grandma, you know, she was married like four or five times, you yep. know, and she's on the other side. She was probably a really nice woman. I didn't know her that well, but she's not who I want to go to to get relationship advice. <laughs> yeah. And if she wants to come through saying, hi, I'm your grandma and here's the relationship, I shouldn't listen to no. her, yeah. you know, so I try to go to the higher stuff. So for Absolutely. the most part, 
I'm hearing the guides that work through me, and they may be giving me information that they're getting from other sources as opposed to, yep. and once in a while I can do it. Like I can tune into somebody and I'll see somebody around, you know, I'll, I'll see somebody around them, you know, and they'll be dressed a certain way. And they'll say, oh, that looks just like the picture of my, my grandma, you know, yep. like, well, great. That can must be her. That? No, it's not really what I do well. Oh, that's not what you, you do. Know? That's not... I mean, when it happens, I'm surprised because yep. I always say I really don't talk to dead people. So you're not like in a grocery store and like, oh, you're like, you're not no, talking to somebody. I know that that's how people work yeah. now on like, television. They're like, what? Like, <laughs> no, but, no I can... but I have some, but I have a friend that like yeah. her cousin is like totally able to do that. Yeah. And I kind of, I really believe that because mm -hmm. I'm, I've had experiences mm -hmm. like that where like I've had been in my house and I've just like felt yeah. things. And like, I've like, we live on a farm in Nashville that has a lot of history and my dad mm -hmm. and I have both seen like the same person a couple of times mm -hmm. in our house and my dad and I are very spiritual in that way mm -hmm. but I do have a friend that like her cousin is like so in tune where like she literally like my mom her my friend's mom passed away at a mm -hmm. very young age and she really was able to mm -hmm. communicate mm -hmm. to her talking yeah. to her mom and I just thought that was so beautiful that's amazing it's so it's funny because I, I had a weird experience actually in, in our apartment. Uh, my internet wasn't working and I had my... Um, Shame. I, right? It was the worst time ever. And I had my um, two sister-in-laws. Literally everything was down. And I got a knock on the door, which was the, I think it was the Time Warner cable guy. Mm -hmm. He knocks on the door. The minute he knocked on the door, the fire alarm started going off. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So I opened the door. I go around all the fire alarms, nothing's wrong. I'm like wafting them. And then they I pull the batteries out because they would not stop. And as the guy's fixing my, uh, my internet, he starts saying, yeah, you know, last night I tried to hang myself. And I was like, what the hell? And I, and I stayed calm because I'm, I'm in awareness and I have my, you know, my wife and sisters in the, in the house. And I was like, so I was listening to him. And he was just telling me just negative thing after negative thing after negative thing of like, you know, Whoa. he tried to shoot him. It's all this type of stuff. And it went on for so long. And I was just like, bro, I'm just trying to get my internet fixed, to be honest. Um, and then I, I kind of, you know, I, I feel like he was there for me to give him advice and just to break down mm -hmm. the kind of universal barriers of, well, you're, you're still here. Mm -hmm. Right now you're here, so let's focus on that. And he didn't fix my internet, so which was. But kinda, you're a great guru because I'll say. I am not I'll, a guru. No, you're, you're my not. guru. You're my guru because I swear to you, since I met you, my frame of mind, like just the way I think about things, like. When I, when I met Lou, we met like over FaceTime actually. And, yeah. and he was already a part of my team. And one night Lou texted me and was like, Hey, just come over and like, let's hang out and like, let's get to talk. And like, I was so lucky that I met him because I've never had someone so positive in my life. And I, and I felt like I literally, I'm going to tear up. I feel like <laughs> I like had another brother, yeah. like really extremely yeah. in my family who like completely changed my life because there's times where, again, I can't look in the mirror and I'll text Lou and Lou will send me these quotes every morning and like really like is one person in my life that like, it seems like a priority for him to make sure that I'm okay. And like, like truly like, loves me and like 100%. like I just like love you like and then like you coming into my life was not a blessing just because of like we fucking crushed the music yeah bro. we have we, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're about to be great on that bro but like you were beyond a blessing to me yeah. mentally and like the like 
just like we've literally become a family. Like when someone congratulated you on your baby, I fucking was like, thanks. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, we're, like I just, I feel like so yeah. like the universe, like literally put us all together. I love it. I'm, like us in a family. But th- like, this, I'm so this is grateful. how it works. I mean, like we're here to help people just as people are here to help me. So Noah brings that outside of me that I never thought I had. And this creativity that I never mm-hmm. thought I had. Um, and I, and I'm just trying to, it's, it's, I can only give advice on basically what I've experienced, what I felt. So it's no, not, I don't force it on anyone. Mm-hmm. It's just what I've gone through. And, and it's the awareness of it now to realize, wow, I am actually the controller of all of this yeah. at, at, to the minuscule detail. And once you kind of grasp that concept, it becomes fun. And I've even now started timing manifestations in terms of, you know, when you have a thought, I'm like, Oh, I, I need to speak to Noah. And then she would FaceTime me. That's a, and it would be like a second. That was a one second manifestation of a thought mm-hmm. with no resistance. Mm-hmm. And she would hit me and then I'm sure she thinks about me and then I would send her a message yeah. or, because it's a non-resistant thought. So yeah. imagine actually how many resistant thoughts you have during the day mm-hmm. that are not that. Yeah. So many. So, yeah. so uh, I, and I would ask you, Paul, um, where do we go when we die? Because I have a theory, mm-hmm. right? Um, so how, how we live, the more aware we are in life is the more aware we are in death. Mm-hmm. So uh, the more awareness I have now, when I cross over, I'm more aware of the choices I have also in non-physical form. Mm-hmm. What do you and your guides uh, say the, the, the process is, or is it different for every single person? Oh, yeah. yeah they I? don't talk a lot about, I mean, it's not what they talk about. They yeah. talk about being alive here and mm-hmm. sort of aligning to the higher while we're in form. You know, what they have said is, I mean, it's not that different, but, you know, they teach, the guides teach this thing called the kingdom. And they say the kingdom is the awareness of source Yep. In all manifestation, they say there's only one note playing in the entire universe and that manifests as everything we see. It's all one vibration yep. sort of playing out in different tones. So when we die, I feel we go to a level of agreement, which is like this. It's like stepping out of an envelope, yep. you know, that you've been wearing and knowing yourself through into this other reality. And there you assess and there you and then you come back for more and that we're progressing through lifetimes. Wow. That's how I understand yeah. it. We're here to learn. So 100%. this is school. You know, this is the opportunity. So, it's, so for me, nothing is predetermined before you're born, but apart from the situation you're born in, which you essentially choose before you mm-hmm. come back. What I believe about this and what well. the guides have said is we come in with some <laughs> things that we need to learn yeah. and we choose the circumstances through which we can learn them. Yep. So we do have free will. I've heard that again and again and again. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to choose. But if I've come here, you know, the guides have said, you know, you know, the millionaire and, and the panhandler are are both learning lessons of abundance. They're just learning them in different, different ways. ways. And yep. it's we who make one higher than the other. In fact, they're not. They're just different ways to learn. Yeah. So we're the ones that sort of say, well, this is good and this is bad. And we do that because we've got all this meaning and history that we want to attach to it. Absolutely. So I do think we come with some stuff. So, I mean, some of the things that I need to learn in this life, I think was to be less afraid. Yep. And so I grew up in a place where I never felt quite safe. And then that becomes the opportunity. You know, the guides say to me and to other people, you know, you can't be a victim and a master at the same time. 100% agree. You know, yeah. and I get to choose that. So either the world is happening at me, mm-hmm. you know, or it's happening with me or yep. for me. And if everything is perceived as an opportunity to grow, then the world becomes a less frightening place. 100%. Yeah. I think it's kind of everyone wants to belong, yeah. essentially. So they can, again, on comparisons, you know, when everyone, when 
art, new artists come in, everyone was like, what do they sound like? Mm-hmm. And the more was like, well, they sound like them. Because uh, people want to resonate and put people in boxes yeah. to you make them feel. You can't force an artist to be someone they're not. Absolutely not. But see, this would be to you, Noah, because see, I, I don't compare to anyone mm-hmm. because factually there's only one of me in the whole universe. Mm-hmm. We, myself, you, Noah, Paul, everyone in this room is the most unique thing that ever exists. Mm-hmm. factually that's the most important thing you've told me since i met you by the way yeah you've but, told me yeah. that a lot of because times. it's the it's fact if you actually break it down i mean there isn't anyone like us in the universe mm-hmm. so well, there's only one of us mm-hmm. but we want to belong so we we create these kind of boxes mm-hmm. so we fit and then what happens is we don't actually fit because mm-hmm. we're comparing ourselves to someone who, we, who you can't even compare yourself to yeah essentially i agree yeah you know i mean the guides talk about i mean it's, it's it sounds cliche but you know, you know, there's the there's the individual individuated raindrop or snowflake. You yeah. know, I mean, it's a perfect, unique expression of the divine. And finally, when it rejoins the sea, it becomes one with its source. Yep. You know, but while we're in this process, we have this great opportunity to know ourselves through, you know, individuated expression. Yeah. You know, for the artist, sometimes the art is the way that they express and. You know, a lot of artists have a rougher time. We tend to be, you know, more sensitive than other people. Mm-hmm. And that's not to make that a badge. It just means, you know, that's how we're built. Yeah. You know, people that are receptive or empathic or feel deeply, you know, it's not always easy. Sometimes it's a lot easier to walk around in armor yep. or to walk around in a daze so you don't have to really feel or see. You know, I I did everything. I was, you know, after after you know, the partying kid, I was a four pack a day smoker mm-hmm. for my much of my adult life. And it's when I quit that because I was in sort of a challenge state all the time. Um, that's when the guides began dictating yep. the books. But Take I was notes, creating Noah. a buffer. With with your cigarette pen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try and get her, her pen from her constantly. I get it. I had like 20 of them at home uh-huh. and she just keeps replacing them. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I've been, I've been saying, when did we meet? November? Yeah, last year. Yeah. So I've been saying, oh, this week, this week. Yeah. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Working on it. Because she, I mean, she has a beautiful voice. Yeah, she does. So, I mean, you. you know. Working on it. I'm not the only person on this earth that smokes a jewel, Lou. That's I'm, true. I'm, I'm working on it. They're everywhere you look. I think it, as well as to go back to the comparison, I think the reason why so many people are so down in life is because everybody's chasing extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm chasing ordinary because mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm on a path of the most least resistance you could ever imagine. And I feel like once, if we can all get to that point, and this is why with the artists I work with, the songwriters I work with, I kind of give these daily speeches to them because I want them to, because most artists believe they have to create to, for them to create, they have to create in pain, yeah. but they don't. Mm-hmm. They they can create in any s- situation or any way they feel, any of that type of stuff, mm-hmm. but they're just not used to that. So they have to uncondition themselves to believe that. And that's why with no, that's why we're working so well on music is because mm-hmm. we're on a vi- vibration now, you know, the she needed this well. and I needed this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in each other's lives because that's what it's supposed to be. And that's what I remind her it with every day. It was destined to be, Lou. <laughs> um, do, do the guides or, or yourself or mention anything about an- animals? Because I read a, a ton of spiritual books and um, yeah, the my, definition of is, is very vague. They don't really they don't get into it much. Yeah. And the, the guides don't. I mean, the animals know who they are already. They yeah. don't need to be taught anything. You know, <laughs> they know. I mean, they're not trying to 
trying to Hello. get stuff, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're embodiments. Yeah. You know, I love, I mean, I have a dog too. He you knows know. we're talking about yeah. it. They, they often, you know, they're great. Yeah. I mean, I can tune into animals. I can feel wow. them. Yeah. I can, but I don't often hear them, you know, yeah. because, but it's really interesting because you can tune in. So, I mean, when people ask me to tune into their, their dogs sometimes, you know, I do, or their horses. And the most interesting thing is you get to feel the skeletal structure. Wow. You get to feel what it's like to have the neck of a horse, you can know. Can you tune into Mellow? Probably could, yeah, but I'll feel him. I won't I won't necessarily hear him. Yeah. Should I animals, put him on my lap? No, I don't need to. Oh, okay. I'll just use your last name and call it Mellow, Mellow Cyrus. How's okay. That? That's the face. Oh <laughs> that's literally it. That's him, that's him. <laughs> it's bored dog. This means looking at your watch, which means bored. The, oh do- the dog is bored. <laughs> oh my God. A lot of eye rolling with the dog. Yeah. He's been peeing on purpose. Look at his tail wagging. There he goes. You can feel. So, yeah. Um, he just is basically like, get me out of here. I mean, yeah. that's the energy with the dog. It's a, but it's bored. He's it's been not like long. anxious. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's a good dog. Um, he, I mean, basically what I hear from the dog is I get what I want. Yeah. So, you know, he's not, there's not a complaint here. That should be true. He does get everything he wants. Um, okay, let's, let's a quick section on re- reincarnational lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, how comes we don't remember them? I don't know. You know, this is, they don't talk much about this. Mm. I remember pieces of a few of mine and I, oh, wow. I kind of wish I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not the, the best memories and they're, yeah. they're actually some of the things I think that I, I worked through here, yep. you know, which was, you know, n- not easy stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm of the belief personally, and others might disagree, that the lessons that we come with may be incurred, you know, things that we're trying to work through from the past, yeah. but we're always given the opportunity in the present lifetime to do that, which is, I think, why we don't have to go back and remember. Yep. I mean, I don't want to look at all the crap I did in the That's past. True. I have enough problems in this lifetime, <laughs> you know, without having to remember all that, too. You, you know about the reincarnational vibes, Noah? Like how you've probably lived a thousand I've thought previous about, I've lives. I've thought about it. Yeah? I've thought about it. I haven't like, I don't know what I think about it. Yeah. I don't not know. I, I just don't know. Yeah. So like, I think it's like beyond my knowledge. But when you meet somebody, are you able to like tell what they've like, what they've been in like their past life or like not necessarily sometimes it'll come up. Well, we've all been everything. That's what I feel. I do these workshops around, around the world and the guides do work with people and they work in teams and they're, it's a form I suppose of soul gazing, but they're working with energy and they're having you work with each other and you lift the energy that expresses and people often see the past lives show up. How does it work like then? So once you pass, how does this, I, you know, there's other people where they really talk about this and it's their thing. But my feeling is, and this is what I've come to believe, is we assess what we came to learn last time. And then we decide to come back and learn some learn. more. Okay. Yeah, it's opportunity. Yeah. We're, we're, we're basically here to feel physicality and learn everything. Soak it all up. And that's the beauty in it. And we have to see that. Let's make another album. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> all right. Will you uh, sign me to your label again in my next life? Done. Please? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Let's make a pack now. Okay. Um, uh, where do souls come from and where do they go? Yeah. I mean, this is source. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's again, I don't know if they've talked about this and there's yeah. like eight books now and I yeah. suspect that they probably have or, or will. I can go to the guides and I can try to channel here too, which I haven't done. I mean, I've tuned in. 
sometimes when I don't have a, an answer, they, they do, you know, Please. they're the teachers. I'm just the guy that takes the dictation. Yeah. So, um, I, I actually love how nonchalant you are to it. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, the only thing I have to say is, you know, when I channel, I whisper the words as they come in and repeat them. So yeah. people hear things twice and it looks really stupid. And I'm, I'm yeah. used to that at this point, but so where do souls come from? There is one source. They're saying there's one source of all manifestation of all manifestation. What a soul is, what a soul is, individual God is an individuation of God, God itself, God itself expressed as soul, expressed as soul. The realization of the soul as of God, the realization of the soul as of God, rearticulation, rearticulation, which is what we do teach, which is what indeed we teach, is what we call, is what we call realization, realization, to realize who and what you are, to realize who and what you are is to claim the soul again, is to claim the soul again in first resonance, in first resonance, I do as an underline or what idealize, idealize, first, re first resonance is an idea, as an idea, first resonance means First resonance means the one note played, the one note played throughout time, throughout time. It is God that is God, and you come as an aspect of this, and you come as an aspect of this. Know it or not, know it or not, agree to it or not, agree to it or not. What the soul does, what the soul does is invest in learning, is invest in learning to rearticulate itself, to rearticulate itself, become one again, become one again with the source of all, with the source of all. It was never a part it was never a part, cannot be a part, cannot be a part, but the level of vibration, but the level of vibration that the soul holds, that the soul holds as distinct, is distinct at a certain level. At a certain level, the soul is assumed, the soul is assumed in union, in union will remain there and will remain there as of God, as of God, period. That's what I'm saying, period. Wow. So, question, so you believe in God? Yeah, what do you want? I mean, it's a and name you, for, for the absolute or all things, yeah. Is that their representation, the name God, or is that because that's what we would understand? I think they use the term because I think it, I mean, what I've heard a couple of things about this, they say it doesn't matter what you call it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they say it's all things, you know, it's not some old guy in a cloud. You know, they say <laughs> God is all things, including, yeah. you know, your fingernails and the air you're breathing yeah. and the realization that there really is one source expressing in all ways, one consciousness expressing in varying ways seems to be what gives us an opportunity to return to a state of union, yep. a state of awareness. So they use the word God and sometimes they use it, I think, because sometimes just calling it energy mm -hmm. without consciousness makes it more challenging for people, yeah. you know, it's, then it becomes just something to manipulate and not something that can also know us and love us. Yep, you absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. See, cause I, I grew up going to a Christian church and, uh -huh. and grew up in Nashville going uh, mm -hmm. to church and did all that. And yeah. I, I, I believe in God and I believe in that. Yeah. But when, I guess I kind of forgot my question, but what are your, like, what do you take from Christianity and mm -hmm. what do you see from that? Or, well, like, because I, yeah. I like to believe that heaven is real, you know? I do too, you know, but I think it's a level of vibration and consciousness. Mm -hmm. So what I believe is that we have this part within us and the guides call it the true self or the eternal self. Some people might call it the Christ within, you know, it's all one thing, that seed of God that is imprinted in everything because nothing can be outside of it. And that the awakening of that aspect of self and the realization of that is what the guides I work with are teaching because we're not separate. You know, we think we're separate. And so we create in fear and in separation. 
And what they're inviting us to do is to be reclaimed by that part of us that knows already that it's not separate. And I don't think, truthfully, that this is at all in odds with perhaps what you might call mystical Christianity or true Christianity. If you, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't raised with this, mm-hmm. but Jesus, if I understand it, you know, was a way shower. Yeah. And the teachings of Jesus, I think, are, are incredibly true and yeah. very, very beautiful. Perhaps mm-hmm. some of what's been built up around it isn't so good because it's been politicized. Yeah. And there's a lot of separation. And, you know, the guides I work with say the idea that you could have a God that loves and values one human being more than another is 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 impossible it can't be so but we look at religion and you see all this separation and you know that's just not true so the inherent truth the eternal self god within whatever you want to call it that seems to know its union already with all that is which Mm -hmm. is one of the things you can call god seems to be the process of realization and i don't think that that's different than than what Jesus was teaching. Yeah. When you're talking to the spirit guides, where, uh-huh. where are they coming from? And like, who are they? Where mm-hmm. were they? Who, who, who are they? They actually have said that they operate in or in as Christ mind so that that's a level of consciousness that yeah. they align from. So are you almost talking to like a person type? It feels that way sometimes. Yeah, it does. I mean, I hear a voice and how it comes to me is it's kind of like, you know, how you always have these thoughts running in your head. And when I'm channeling, it's like a voice pushes through that and drowns out the other noise. You're not hearing it like in the room. Not like in, no, there's two kinds of clear audience. And that's what channeling is. It's a form of clear audience. There's people who hear stuff like in the room, like there is a voice and where was that person? That's like ghost stuff. <laughs> do you believe in that? Yeah, I do. Me too. Because yeah, I, I, I that. have that all the time. Yeah. All the time. And the other clear audience is it's more telepathic. It's a form of telepathic communication. I mean, you know, if you've ever had the experience of sort of, you know, knowing who the phone, you think of somebody in the phone rings a moment later, that's Mm -hmm. because there's a part of them that's already in your space checking out and seeing if you're there. They're thinking of you. You're feeling that. So we're always in communion, communication beyond, you know, the physical bodies. I always see the number 333. You and a lot of other people. It's an awakening number. That's what people say. I always look at the clock, 333. Addresses are 333, but it's mostly the clock. Like if I... You're starting to get woke, Noah. 333. I'm very, very woke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are reporting this. 1111s, 444s, I just heard the other day from somebody. Well, it's strange because I was with somebody for a very long time Mm -hmm. and his dad passed away when Uh he was younger. And his dad's number was 333. Mm-hmm. Like he always saw 333. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And once I started dating this, him, dating him, mm-hmm, we were mm-hmm. together two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I heard a lot about his dad. Yeah. I even, I even had a dream once where I believe I talked to his dad. Uh-huh. Like, and I feel very spiritual like that. My dad's yeah. like that too. But once he told me his dad's number was 333, mm-hmm. I started seeing 333 mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the time. And mm-hmm. I still continue to look at the clock at 333 mm-hmm. and, and anything. Yeah. It's just random, random times, but it's at least a couple times a day. You know, the universe, I think, speaks to us in different ways. And I think when we're ready, you know, we get talked to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we get talked to in different ways. We become less reliant on the symbols, you know. But when I was waking up, when I was in my early 20s, 
and I was starting on this path, those things were happening a whole lot. And still sometimes when I'm in a really rough period, I'll start getting the reminders. And, you know, it's a way for me to sometimes know that even if it doesn't feel like I'm on track, maybe I am. You know, maybe there's something else going on. In retrospect, I can always say I was where I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But while I'm going through it, I don't always know that. You know, and that's one of the gifts about getting a little bit older. You know, you do live through it, you know, and you go, wow, what was that all about? But then in retrospect, it makes sense. You know, the hardest things I ever went through actually sometimes became my greatest teachers. But you couldn't have told me that at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This has been amazing. Yeah. So um, let's let's. Uh, I just wanted to ask you one question, Paul. Um, mm-hmm. m- most spiritual books I read, um, they ref- they always refer to the man. Your books, you refer to you know woman, she. Mm-hmm. It, was that intentional? Why? The, guy, uh, the very first book that was dictated through me, it took two weeks. Yeah. And, and the first couple of books were dictated with this a friend of mine, Victoria Nelson. She was a colleague from my academic life. She was on the phone in Berkeley and I was in New York and I was recording the conversations and then transcribing them. And the guides used the male pronoun through the whole yeah. book. And Victoria said, <laughs> why do your guides do this? And they actually objected and they said, we're speaking to humanity, not to man. Yeah. But in the next book... They started interchanging he, oh, she, wow. and often in the same sentence, which would make the, the, the editors crazy yeah. because and they'd start the sentence off with a male pronoun. They'd end it with the female. And it was kind of like yeah. a little bit of a screw you. Yeah. Because, you know, they say, I mean, at, at a spiritual level, we don't have genitals. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just not about gender yeah. anymore. It's about spirit. So they often use the she. Yeah. And I think they use the she well, but it's inclusive. It's not one or the other. The, the reason why I ask is because I feel women are more in tune with the universal bri- vibrations than men. Because, yeah. you know, they give but without. Unless you've met my dad. My dad's on another level. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> <laughs> I, 100%. I, you need to meet my dad. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, you. you it, I would. On the like, next episode, I, 100%. You, I would love yeah. for you to read, like do what you did to me to my dad because he has a lot going yeah. up in his brain and like mm-hmm. I just feel like my dad and Lou have become like soul brothers yeah. I swear to like you guys are like so, he's amazing my he's the only person that he'll like respond to Lou's text messages and like <laughs> I have an issue getting he's he's like yeah I just talked to your dad I'm like, what so I feel like my dad, you got, you have to have yeah. him back on and I, I remember before I texted him he was like don't expect a reply and I was like Really? He, he was like, really? He already he already hit me back. I'm like, oh, oh, awesome. But he's a uh, very, very spiritual. Very spiritual. He's been number one for what, 17 weeks now Almost. on the chart. Is it 17, 17 today? officially? They it's, did it. Yeah, it's the longest chart in they song. They did it in the history of songs, right? Yeah. Today. That's great. Yeah. That's so tight. Yeah. That's so tight. Um, I just want to thank you guys for coming on. Oh, um, thank you for everything. You're Thanks so, for having you're me. You're so awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having Everyone, me, Everyone, go out and get this book. It's phenomenal. I'm going to go read it. All of all of the books. Um, Paul, thanks again. Thank you so much. Noah, you're amazing as always. I love New you. New music coming soon. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for my career. Oh, my bad. And Music Studios, we want to thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the space. This has been amazing. Peace.